you to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 1. The book of 1 Samuel chapter number 1. And uh, I want to read two passages to you. It's going to be real brief. 1 Samuel chapter number 1. Now, I want to go ahead and it's probably going to be different than the, the typical Mother's Day messages. I feel like I say that every time. It's going to be a different Easter message. It's going to be a different Christmas. I feel like it's going to be different. This is why. I want, you, I want every mother in here today to leave encouraged. I want you to leave full of a, a, I want you to leave with some fresh wind in your sails. I want you to leave with some stress and some pressure having been broken off of you. I need somebody to help me this morning. But before we get there, we might have to talk about some stuff. Is it okay if I ruffle up your church hair just a little bit? 1 Samuel chapter number 1. I'm going to start reading with verse number 9. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Watch verse 11. And she made a vow, saying, Lord. If you will look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you all the days of his life and no razor will be on his head. Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. Look at verse 21 of the same chapter, verse 21. When her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and fulfill his vow, Hannah didn't go. She said to her, her husband, after the boy is weaned, after the boy is weaned, very important, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband told Elkanah, or Elkanah told her. Stay here till you've weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, ephah, a flower skin of wine, brought him to the house of Lord in Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I'm the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I've asked him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life will be given over to the Lord. And, she, and he worshiped the Lord there. I want to preach on the subject this morning. Lay it down. Lay it down. Moms, there's just something about y'all. Y'all are so special. And I mean that in a positive way. I don't mean you're special. I mean you're special. I can't. I, I know kids that grew up without a mom. And I, 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 don't, I, I, would, I wouldn't probably even... I wouldn't even almost be the person I am without my mom. My mom's by far been the most influential person in my life. Moms are fascinating to watch. It's fascinating to watch a mom interact with a child. It's almost supernatural. You know what I'm saying? Y'all have got a grace to do it that we ain't got. Like, how do you keep going? I'll be gone for a week, and I'll call Lindsay, and she's like, things are going well. 
She goes to the store for 45 minutes, and I'm like, when you going to be back? Did you drive to Chattanooga to go to the store? What do you... There's something special about you. Mothers have some unique strengths. They have some unique strengths. Mothers are, mothers are, are tremendous teachers. Mothers are tremendous teachers. I still remember some of, the, some of the pearls of wisdom, some of the axioms that my mom would always give me growing up my entire life. Just some good old hillbilly wisdom. Right. Something like, She'd always say this to me. What goes around comes around. We in the Bible Belt say, you reap what you sow. No, what goes around comes around. Y'all know what I'm talking about? She would also always tell me this, because she is a phenomenal judge of character. She has this ability to measure somebody up in about 3.2 seconds. She don't even have to talk to them. She can see them from across the room and be like, "Uh uh-uh. Does any mamas know what I'm talking about? No, they a spirit on her. <laughs> and she'll always tell me growing up when I was, when I would, just to help me process things and process people, she would always say things like, if they'll do it with you, they'll do it to you. Ain't nothing like some good old mama wisdom. I need somebody to help me this morning. Did your mama ever give you some stuff? The older I get, the more intelligent my mom becomes. Not because she's learning new things, but because I'm figuring out you are right all along. She's a teacher. Moms are also, they're, they're, you have that ability to, to nurture. You have that ability to nurture that we do not have. We do not have. You, you put on the Band-Aid and the peroxide. My son, when he scrapes his knee, it's interesting. When my kids get scared, they run to me. When they get hurt, they run to mama. Because they know even though I grazed my knee against the table, mom's going to treat it like a gunshot wound. And that's what I need right now. You have this ability to nurture that we don't have. You are also a protector. You ever seen a mama with a crazy look in her eye because somebody said something? Help me preach this morning. You ever seen that? That mama bear thing is a real thing. Listen, the last year, my daughter was in the fifth grade, and, and we lived over in the Bearden area. My daughter was going to Bearden Elementary School. My wife volunteered for everything. She volunteered to help with the talent show. She was at a talent show practice one day. I was not there. I heard about it later on. She was at a talent show practice. Mama Bear coming out at a talent show practice. And she was telling all the kids, now you line up like this, then you walk out like this. And there were teachers there. There were administrators. There were principals and parents and other children. And she looked out of the corner of her eye. She she caught a glimpse of my daughter. And my daughter caught a glimpse of her. And women have that ability to communicate without talking. You can, have, you can have six text messages worth of information by. Right? If a woman gives you one of these. And so she caught, there was a young boy put, trying to put his arm around my daughter. And it was making her uncomfortable. At first, he was like, okay, you need to stop. It was, but then it started making her uncomfortable. He kept trying, and she caught eyes with my wife. And my wife had a microphone. And before she thought, She said, hey, you get your hands off my daughter, I'll break your arms. He's a fifth grader. As a mom, sometimes you just got to assault somebody from time to time. 
She came home. Her eyes were real big. She came home and said, honey, I don't know what happened. I said, what'd you do? She said, I threatened a fifth grader in front of parents and teachers. She said, I walked up to the assistant principal, who was a man, by the way, and she said, I'm sorry that happened. And the principal was like, I'll break your arms. <laughs> don't play. Say no game. Don't play. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Bombs are protectors. Protectors. <laughs> I was way more afraid of my mom than I was my stepdad. Way more afraid. Because he knew the boundaries when he got mad. Mom, you hit the psycho button in there? <laughs> and man alive, hell hath no fury, the man said. Y'all with me? Moms have these unique strengths. But interestingly enough, if they don't temper them, they become their unique struggle. <laughs> your strength, if you're not careful, can become your greatest weakness as a mother. <laughs> I know what you think. Well, what do you know about it? <laughs> yes, queen. Because as a mother, because you're a teacher, because you're a nurturer, because you're, I told you this is going to end up good. We got to get through this rough patch for a minute, and then we're going to end up good on the other side. You with me? Listen, I'm not dumb enough to make a room full of women angry. We're going to end good. Me and you're going to be good. Me and you're going to be good. I'm going to see to it. If not, I'll buy your lunch. But because mothers are nurturers and protectors, if you don't learn to back that down sometimes, you can get caught in trying to manage the tension between having faith for things and then trying to fix everything. I got three hands. Like two men and an unmarried woman are like, If you're not careful, you will get caught between trying to have faith for things and trying to fix things. Why? Because if you don't temper those strengths, they become weaknesses. It's the same idea. You remember in the story where James and John, Jesus was about to die. He told his apostles, I'm about to go die. And James and John, two grown men, two grown men, two grown men, not kids, grown men. Their mama gets them by the hand. And walks up to Jesus and said, now, Lord, who's going to sit on your right hand and on your left? He, a mama dragging two grown men around trying to get her boys into what she wants for them. Let me ask, has your motherhood ever gone too far? I told you it's a rough patch. Just It'll be over in a minute. It's like plane turbulence. Bumpy right now. We're trying to find smooth air. Has your motherhood ever gone too far? A grown man being carried around by his mama because she is trying to get him into something that he doesn't even want for himself. Let me ask you this. Are you creating your own disappointment? 
because you're dragging things along at this season of your life that you should have already laid down. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Are you creating? That is the problem in our society. We have an entire generation of parents that are overreaching and never letting their kids grow up. Never let, I listen, I used to, we, we ran a Bible school down in Hamilton before we moved up here. And I had some young people that worked for me. I have fired, I have fired 24 and 25 year old grown men and get phone calls from their mama. Talking about what happened. Now I must, I just come from a different generation, I guess. But I would rather be taken outside and beat with a stick before my mama calls to take up for me. All the dads in here, I know you're secretly saying, preach glory to God. (laughs) I'm about to give extra in this offering, glory to God. My fear is, though, is I see, I talk often to women, mothers, that are believing God for things. But they're miserable in a stage of their life where they should be free. And they're manufacturing their own misery. Because they've not learned to lay down something that they should have already weaned off of needing them. Now, this is for some older mothers. Listen, if your kid's four, I ain't talking to you. <laughs> Don't go home and be like, you on your own. <laughs> Mom, I'm hungry. Well, grow up. <laughs> Did you not hear the preacher this morning? Because sometimes as parents, our judgment can get clouded by the intentions of our own heart. Sometimes what we want for our kids might not be what they want for them. And when they're 15, you get a vote. When they're 25, you don't. That stung right there deep, didn't it? They always going to be my baby. I get that. They will always be your child. But they will not always be a kid. There's a difference between them being a child and being a kid. You hearing what I'm saying? Oftentimes, what we want for them is not even what God wants for them. So I have seen parents try to manipulate their kids into being something that secretly the parent wanted that the kid didn't even want and God hadn't even called them to because their parenting went too far. That's what she's doing with James and John. Lord, who's going to sit on your right hand and on your left? Maybe, Mama, you're asking for something they're not ready for yet. When she asked Jesus that, who's going to sit on your right? Now think about that. Jesus said, I'm going to go die. And the mom's like, that's fine. But before you do, hook a sister up. Who's going to sit on the right? Who's going to sit on the left? Jesus said, you're not able to drink of the cup that I'm able to drink of. And you know what she said? We are able. (laughs) Maybe we're putting, maybe we're expecting our children and the people in our life to meet and fulfill an expectation that we have set for them that God hasn't. I knew it was gonna be. I knew it was gonna be tough. I knew it going coming in. I knew it coming in. Instead of trying to impose our will into their life, and again, there's 
This is all relative. My oldest child's 12. My will gets imposed regularly. You're not wearing that. They're not your friend. I pick out your friends. You can do it later. Right? But if you can't even pick up a towel out of the floor, you ain't picking a friend. You got to graduate to that level. <laughs> huh? <laughs> if we told you what really went down at the pastor's house. So she's asking him, God, I want, I want him to sit on the right, I want him to sit on the left. I'm wanting something for them that God even you don't want for them. Why? Because I'm stuck in this tension between having faith for them or trying to fix their future so I feel okay. And oftentimes, the reason we overreach is about to really go down. The reason we overreach is because our overreaching is disguised by the fact that we have no other purpose outside of our role of being their parent. Can I say it real plain? You got to get a life like your kids have. Is this thing on? That's why the reason, I almost, I almost entitled this message The Tale of Two Mamas. Because you got Peter, you got James and John's mom talking about Jesus. Who's going to say, grown men? Did I emphasize the fact that they're grown? Who's going to sit on your right? Who's going to sit on your left? Instead, Hannah went before the Lord and said, God, I've brought him as far as I could bring him. Now I'm going to lay him on the altar and I'm going to trust you with his life because I don't want to be miserable at a later stage in my life. I don't want to try to tend to something later that I'm tending to now. Sometimes God is trying to wean stuff off of you so you can be free to step into another dimension of your purpose, but we don't have the ability to let it go. And the reason we don't let it go is because we say things like this. Well, it's because I love them. Yeah. And a lot of times, we don't keep our kids young for them. We keep them young for us. We don't keep them immature because it's what's best for them. We keep them immature because if you grow up and leave me, I don't have any other sense of identity than being your mama or being your daddy. Is it getting too real in here? My wife told me this would be fine. I asked permission. Am I right about it? Sometimes you got to be like Hannah and say, I've brought them, God, as far as I could bring them. And now I'm trusting you with them. And I'm going to step into the next place, the next dimension, the next level of my purpose. And now I give them to you and I'm trusting you to do in them what only you can do in them. And every time I try to get involved, God gets uninvolved. So God, I'm going to take them and I'm going to lay them on the altar. This is what I came to tell somebody. There's some stuff in your life. It might be kids. It might be parents. It might be relationships. It might be some job situations that God's trying to wean off of you because you're pouring yourself into it and it's robbing you of some of your best years. Your best years are not before you had kids. Are y'all with me this morning? 
Your best years are not before you had kids. Your kids are a wonderful, incredible, amazing season where you get to raise them up and invest in them. And then at some point, you got to take them and you got to lay them on the altar and say, God, now I've done everything I can. Now, God, it's your turn. And there's some situations, there's situations in my life right now that God's trying to wean off of me. And he's trying to say, if, if, you, if you would let me take it, I could do for you what you're trying to do yourself. Either you can fix it or God can fix it. And me and you both, though, we are not nearly as good as fixing it as God is. Sometimes God's just got to look at you and fire you from the help department. Right? Because the more we try to do it, the more jacked up it gets. I've seen parents, and believe me, there's nothing more challenging than watching a kid go through a tough season. There's nothing more challenging. And when they're 15 and 16, you got to walk with them through it. But I've seen parents, they're 35-year-old, going through a tough time. And they call them over for dinner to prophesy. The Lord says, if you don't make a different decision and do what I want you to do, I swear, I swear. You can fix it. Well, God can fix it. Sometimes you just got to lay it down. I said, sometimes you just got to lay it down. There are things that we take responsibility for out of pure intentions, but we're completely misguided. And you got to learn what's within your pay grade and what's above it. And my question is, are you trying to tend to something that's above your pay grade? Are you trying to tend to something? Are you trying to shove a square peg in a round hole because this is really how you want this to turn out? And it's beyond your purview and your ability to influence. So what was it that helped Hannah be able to lay her boy down when James and John's mama couldn't? What was it? You have to think, you have to, you got to ask the Bible questions. And then it dawned on me, what empowered Hannah to lay her boy down was because she had a strength and an identity outside of him. Listen, this is what I came to tell you, mothers. Before you were a mother and before you were a wife, you were a woman. And God has some plans For the woman side of you, just like he had some plans for the wife and the mother side of you. And if all you become is a wife and a mother and you neglect the woman aspect of you, you miss a third of your life. You miss half of the game and half of the adventure and half of the journey that God wants to take you on. You got to get to a place where you don't feel people abandoning you because you are a whole person outside of them or it. That way, if the car don't come and if the flowers don't show up and if the chocolate ain't on the table when you wake up in the morning, you're still fine because your sense of security is not wrapped up in it or in them. It's wrapped up in Jesus. That's why you are God's woman. You got to come to grips with the fact that I'm not just Annalise's mom and I'm not just Casey's wife, but I'm God's woman. I'm a woman of God and God's got some stuff for me that he wants to do in me 
apart from every other hat that I wear. There's still, mama, there's still sometimes you got to get alone with God and just worship and pray and seek and be alone. And don't talk to God about the kids. And don't talk to God about the husband. You just talk to God about you and him. And God, what do you want to do in my life? There's another season coming for me. There's I need somebody to help me preach this morning. There's another door opening for me. There's another place that you want to take me to. I thank you for the opportunity to be a wife. I thank you for the opportunity to be a mother. But there's more in me than that. There's more in you than that. You're not just that. And and if that's what you feel like your ultimate call is, then do that. But make sure that your emotional stability does not rise or fall based upon the activity and the behavior of everybody else around you. You've got to have some stability and strength that just happens between you and God being together. Are you hearing? We call it. When we overreach, we call it love. But really, it's love mixed with fear. It's love mixed with fear. Because we're not too totally sure that God will do exactly what we want. And maybe he won't. But there has to be a place in you that you can retreat to. That's why I grew up with this mentality. I grew up hearing this all the time. I grew up hearing ministers say this all the time. They'd say, ministry's not what I do. It's who I am. I thought, you're a psycho. (laughs) Because if it's who you are, then the response of the people can get you up or get you down in a moment. There's got to be more to you than that. And there is more to you than that. And because parenthood, especially motherhood, is so demanding and so consuming, it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that there's more to me than peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and changing dirty diapers and washing gum out of kids' hair. There is more to you than that, mama. I'm trying to, there's more to you than that. There is a calling on the inside of you. There is a purpose on the inside of you. Yes, I know raising kids was part of that. But what you going to do when they get grown? There's something on the inside of you that God wants to get out of you, Hannah. I don't want you to just get, I don't want you to get so myopic in this season. I talk to young moms a lot. I talk to young moms uh, often. And they get, they get really scared because they think, all I do from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep is chase babies. And it's easy to think I'm going to be chasing babies for the rest of my life. But God sent something called the school year <laughs> to help a sister out. It's funny, the other day, me and, me and my wife were like, thank God school's almost over. We get to sleep in. Then remember, we got a two-year-old. His version of sleeping in is 5.45 in the a.m. I said, you know, it's funny because when you get near the end of the school, you're like, man, I'm ready for this to be over. Three weeks into summer, man, when is school, start- <laughs> when is school starting back? Glory to God. <laughs> These kids need something to do. I finally got so desperate last year. She was like, Daddy, what are we going to do? What are we going to do today? I said, you know what I'm going to tell you? You're going to be bored. You're going to experience boredom. 
it is not my job to make sure you have activities planned from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. Use that imagination. Use that brain. Go and sit on your bed and contemplate the meaning of life if you have to. But whatever you, I don't know what we're going to do today. I know what I'm going to do. So you, <laughs> so you can get so trapped in this myopic vision because motherhood is so demanding that you lose sight of the future. Right? And then you have one kid, and they get about eight, nine years old, and you get pregnant again. Hit reset. Right? They grow up a little bit, get them in school, get pregnant again, hit reset. And your mind starts talking to you. This ain't never going to end. Right? I told my wife, we, we start having babies. Let's, let's get it over with. <laughs> I'm talking about as fast as we can manufacture these things. <laughs> and our third one wasn't planned. We, we had two girls, boom, boom, done. I could look at my wife, she'd get pregnant. Thank God, that's a blessing, but it's like... <laughs> Held your hand and you six weeks. <laughs> That's too much information. Glory to God. And then our son comes along. We're like, here we 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 were nine years deep into this, and we're starting over. Really? And you can get locked into that thinking. There's no way out. But I promise you, there will be a day. There will be a day where motherhood isn't what it is now. And what are you going to do if you lose sight of the fact that you're not just a mother? And let me tell you something. Being a mother is the highest calling there is. There is nothing to look down on. I see women that look down on other women that just want to be moms. Right? And then I see women that just want to be moms look at women, down on women that want to have careers. Let me tell you what you do. You do you. Do you. Do whatever God's put down on the inside of you. But at some point in your life, your babies ain't going to be little anymore. And if all of your identity and security and purpose is wrapped up in them, you're going to look up one day and be radically disappointed and have no sense of yourself. You're not just a mama. You're a woman of God. And God's got some stuff waiting for you that he wants to do through you. Does anybody in here believe it with me? So Hannah takes Samuel. Lays him on the altar. And my question to you, mama, this morning is this. What have you been trying to fix that you really need to lay it on the altar? And I mean lay it down for good. Lay it down for good. Because if you don't, our tendency to overreach will rob you of this season that you're in. Is that making sense to you? If you don't start just believing God and laying it on the altar, it will rob you of some of your best years. It breaks my heart to see moms in their 50s and 60s worried sick over kids in their 30s and 40s, getting involved trying to help, trying to counsel. Don't counsel your kids when they get older. Don't counsel them on their marriage. You're biased. 
Don't play with me. You're biased. And I would be too. But I see it robbing people, robbing women of a tremendous season. Because little Johnny's 40. And little Johnny got fired from Red Robin. And I got to give little Johnny money. Mama, I'm going to help you good. Repeat after me. No. Say it with me. No. Ain't that powerful? No. And when Johnny starts talking about, I can't believe you. thought you were my mama no (laughs) they have this thing now I heard millennials say this now it is your job to take care of me I didn't ask to be brought into this world are you asking to be taken out (laughs) no Johnny lost his job mama's worried sick Because his four Taurus is getting repossessed. And so mama is 65. I see it all the time. I've got people in my family doing So mama's 65, enjoying her retirement, but now she's got to throw all of her check at a car payment because of Johnny. No. Johnny might have to take the bus. Johnny might have to walk. He could burn a calorie or two. It wouldn't kill him. Are y'all with me, mamas? You're carrying stuff that God wants you to lay down. And it's robbing you of an incredible season. Robbing you of an incredible season. I got a member of my family, my grandmother, my grandmother, in her 80s. I have a cousin who's in prison for drugs. Every social security check she gets, she gives it to him. Can't go on vacation. Can't get a car. Can't make improvements to her house. Because she's 80. Still dragging something around. She should have already laid down. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Believe me. I'm not a desensitized sociopath. But it's best for you and it's best for him. And if you don't take care of yourself as a woman, let me, let me tell you how to be the best mama you can be and the best wife you can be. Take care of yourself first. Amen. Right? Mama won't go get her hair did. I'll keep the kids for an hour and a half. Because an hour away from kids feels like a vacation. Feels like you've been to the Bahamas, don't it? Right? You know what really gets my wife excited? Going to the grocery store alone. She's like, hey, we in here. (laughs) Target was on fire. Glory to God. It was lit up in Target. My son's two years old. We already been calling preschools. What's the earliest? 
pay extra. I don't care. Create a new program. I'll pay for it. Because the more you take care of yourself, the more able you are to take care of everybody else. Moms, you're amazing. I don't know how you do what you do. I'm so thankful to be a man you would not believe it. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. But I want to make sure you're doing it well. I want to make sure you're keeping yourself in view. I want to make sure that you're, the rest of your life is not going to be robbed because you find it hard to let go. But Hannah, if you'll lay him down, God might just raise up a Samuel. Hannah, if you'll lay him on the altar, God might just turn him into a prophet. Has anybody got any faith for that this morning? Hannah, if you'll lay them down, God might just deliver them. God might just transform them. God might just raise them up to be the man or the woman of God you've always wanted them to be. Hannah, if you could just lay them down, stand up on your feet. I told you it was going to end good. I told you. Hope Unlimited one more time. Tell our mothers how much we love them.